Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. We are commanded to love. One of the reasons we pray for one another is because we love one another. All of us in all of our lives have some kind of connection, family, close friend, something there where we deeply, deeply love this person. And we're driven to pray for them because we love them. Jesus is saying, love each other like I loved you. Let me stretch us a little bit and say, he loves you even though you get on everybody's nerves. Really? Hey, that's the love that Christ is expecting us to display. I ain't praying for them. They're weird. Right? No. The call is we are commanded to love, and then we, we have the essence of love for one another. We are driven to pray for one another. When someone comes to your mind in whom you love, you're driven as a believer to begin to pray and to lift them up before the Lord. Amen? Secondly, why we pray for one another is in Galatians chapter 6. Galatians 6, 1 through 6, I am reading from the New Living Translation. We are called to share with one another. Galatians 6 says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by sin, by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens. And in this way, you obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. This is a deep truth from the scripture. You are not that important. <laughs> Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get, satisfa get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them, the most important scripture, we are called to share with one another, share each other's burdens, and in this way you obey the law of Christ. Interestingly enough, the law of Christ is found in John 13, and we just read, this is my command, love each other, right? The same way I've loved you. When you love each other, you share burdens with one another. We, we are driven to pray when we're heavy, right? Right? When it's a hard day, when there's something we don't know what to do, we don't know how to navigate the situation, we don't know how to turn, we run to the Lord. We should run to the Lord in prayer. How much more so if we really truly share the burdens of one another? I have caught myself saying, not my problem. While that is true, it is my responsibility to share the burden of one another. I love them, therefore I bear burdens with them, therefore I pray for them. Are you with me? 
Do you agree or disagree? Thank you. Got three of you. So those three will pray for one another when we get into the exercise multiple times. <laughs> Just rotate. Finally, why we pray for one another is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in verse 5. <laughs> because we're commissioned to labor with one another, to work with one another. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in verse 5, says, After all, who is Apollos, who is Paul, we are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. Verse 8. The one who plants and the one who waters work together, labor together with the same purpose. And both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers, laborers. We are God's field. You are God's building. We are commissioned to labor together. So it benefits you to pray for one another because you're going towards the same goal. Are you with me? It benefits you to pray for your pastor. It benefits your pastor if he's praying for you. The person sitting to your right and your left, the person teaching the class for children right now and in youth ministry, it is beneficial to all of us to pray for them because we're working together toward the same goal, which is building the kingdom of God as best as we can for His glory and His glory alone, right? So, why do we pray for one another? Because we are commanded to love one another. That drives us to prayer. We are called to share burdens with one another. That drives us to prayer. And we are commissioned to work, to labor with one another. It drives us to prayer. Now, how do we pray for one another? Tell your neighbor, this is going to get good at some point. Just hang in there. <laughs> By the way, I love family night. I don't know if you all know that. This is fun. How do we pray for one another? First of all, we're going to talk about informed prayer. First, uh, I mean, not first, Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. It, it, listen, I guess missionaries is who I think of in this context. Missionaries send out newsletters. Why? Because they want us to know how to pray for them. Because we can pray more effectively when we know how to pray. Someone comes to an altar, to an altar worker, and they stand up here before someone. One of the first things we're going to say, how can we pray for you? What's going on? What do you want God to do for you today? We want to inquire about that. And in Colossians, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 3, Paul says, We always pray for you and give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. We are informed. And your love for all God's people, which comes from your confident hope, he's bragging on them a little bit, of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. 
verse 6. The same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It's bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. You learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. He is Christ's faithful servant, and he's helping us on your behalf. Verse 8, he has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you, which leads to, we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. Then he goes into how they're praying. So the informed prayer is, we heard about you, therefore we're praying for you. So how can someone pray for you if they don't know what you need prayer for? You know, sometimes we feel like we fill out a prayer request or send an email or a text or something, and sometimes it feels as if it goes unseen. But at the end of the day, none of it ever goes unseen. Now, the person you may be sending it to may not respond, but God sees it. And not only does God sees it, did you know that he has the capacity to lay it on even another's heart that never saw it? Right? And so an informed prayer is a prayer that learns something and goes to work in prayer. So how do we pray for one another? First step is just to ask, how can I pray for you? Secondly, we find ourselves with spirit-led prayer. Spirit-led prayer. Many times it is the Holy Spirit that positions us for prayer. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, we read that for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So when we find ourselves being led, that Spirit-led prayer, as children of God, we will be led in that prayer. Galatians 5.18, it's another scripture that draws our attention to that. Galatians 5.18, but when you are directed by the Spirit, it leads us to reach out and to pray for others. It says, you're not under the obligation to the law of Moses. What that is speaking of is living by the Spirit's power, not by legalistic standards. Amen? Also, the Holy Spirit prompts us to pray a certain way. Mark 11. I apologize for the many scriptures, but it's all good stuff. Mark 11. Verse 23 says, I tell you the truth. The Holy Spirit prompts us to pray in a certain way. An example, I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up, thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen, have no doubt in your heart. Guys, would any of you in your right mind pray to a mountain to move? But if the Holy Spirit leads you to, <laughs> Right? Would any of you in your right mind pray for that miracle to take place, but if the Holy Spirit leads you to? You see, the problem is sometimes the Holy Spirit leads us to and we still don't. <laughs> well, what if they're not healed? Don't matter. The Holy Spirit's telling you to walk in it. Walk in it with confidence. Luke chapter 12, verse 12 says, Then 
this is, the, this is to address the question many times as praying for people or praying out loud, praying for one another, we have doubts within us of what will we say and will we say the right thing? Anybody ever been there? Uh, you know, it's, it's the, okay, I'm at Thanksgiving with my family and uh-oh, how about you pray over the food? Whoa, 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 wait a minute. I need some, I need some time here to prepare can I give you give me a minute I'll be back right pray for me my back hurts pray for me my loved ones sick pray for me I have a situation in my home and we find ourselves at a loss of words but I got the solution for us for the Holy Spirit will teach you at the time of need what to say that should give us great confidence to step out there and be ready to look like a fool for the sake of Jesus <laughs> because the Holy Spirit's going to bail you out. <laughs> Pastor, that's not good theology. It's right there. When you are in the moment and being called upon to pray the prayer of faith and you don't know how, the Holy Spirit will put the words in your mouth, give you what to say, in that time of need. As a matter of fact, to stretch your faith, you may be saying things that you are surprised that you're saying. <laughs> Get up and walk. I, I just my, I tweak my ankle, man. I'm okay. I can walk. <laughs> right? This this boldness comes over you, right? But I'm telling you, trust the Holy Spirit to give you the unction and the words and the leading to walk in that. What, what good is being filled with the Spirit if we never let Him out? <laughs> I ain't got time to go there. Laying on of hands. How do we pray for one another? Laying on of hands. I've told you, I've taught about this before. We've went through the practicalities of laying on of hands. And, and the, the translation of laying on of hands, so it's not misunderstood, is not... It's not a slap, it's not a push, it's not a sport coat across the face, it's, it's just laying on of hands. Bless her! <laughs> Get up and walk! No, it's, it's the power of God that does the thing. Your hand is just your hand. Now, the thing is, is some people do get excited when they're praying and I am, I am guilty of this too. And sometimes, come here, Victor. No. <laughs> but, but, but there are times, and I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. So it's not weird. I'm, I'm, this is practical stuff. And there'll be times where I'm praying for someone and, and my hand begins to tremble. But not because I'm making it tremble. It's just, it has a little, I'm making it tremble now. But sometimes, and I feel, and I, in my mind, I want to make sure this person, hey, listen, I believe the power of God is, I know this is happening, but I believe the Lord is touching you. So I'll, I'll intentionally help them understand what I believe that God is doing in that moment. Now, I just wanted to show you that so you can sit down, Victor. But there's, there's practical stuff. And the reason why we're careful is because we don't want to give the devil any room to bring some distraction in there. Are you with me? Because he, he wants to. 
So we look at laying on of hands, and we look at Mark chapter 10. I don't have time to read through these, but I'll just mention them. Laying on of hands for the sake of healing. Laying on the hands in Acts for the sake of being filled with the Spirit. Laying on the hands in Acts for the sake of someone who is dead and rising from the dead. Laying on the hands for the sake of imparting power or anointing to go do a good work. We see it again and again and again in Scripture where they said, and they lay hands on them and sent them out. And they laid hands on them and they were made well. And they laid hands on them and they recovered. And the reason why we lay on hands while we're praying is it becomes, like we talked about last week, a point of contact for us, them, and the Holy Spirit to move. You with me? Do you have to lay on hands for someone to be made well? No. But there's plenty of examples in Scripture where the laying on of hands was an important piece in that prayer. I'll put it to you this way. I hated the pandemic. I know some of you actually liked it, but I hated the pandemic. Somebody's like, yes, I never have to leave my house. Anyway, the worst part about it for me, other than getting sick, the worst part about it for me was this stupid, awkward, weird thing as people would come into the church and I would want to greet them. And it felt like the Cupid shuffle every time they would come in. Are we doing, uh, doing what, what are we doing? And I'd reach out and they'd go, put out my foot. I mean, which one are we doing here? So I finally, we did a little training with the greeters. Like, listen, if they got a mask on, just back up and wave. <laughs> it is not your responsibility to help them break that, you know, barrier again. But can I just tell you that there's something about touch that God's created us to have, to need. Amen? That point of contact, the laying on of hands. How do we pray for one another? James chapter 5. I'm going to focus on a different part of James. James chapter 5. I'm going to talk to you about confession. Confess to one another. Verse 16 says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. An earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful resorts. And goes on to give the example of Elijah. I want to give you some focus on the confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Confess your sins to each other. We should be in a position where we have some type of accountability in our life. When we're struggling with this, we need to have a phone call, we need to have a text, we need to have someone we can lean on and say, listen, I'm frustrated, I'm, this is what I'm going through, now let me also help you with this. You've got to be careful with this. You should not call your in-laws to complain about your new spouse. <laughs> struggling again. He did it again. All right? This is Marriage Counseling 101, am I right? I can't get into it, but the bottom line is, you can forgive, but your mother and father-in-law are still mad. All right? 
But there is something about confessing to one another, and guys, it leads to prayer and healing. <laughs> it, it's freeing. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 12, this is the last part of how do we pray for one another. Then we'll get into the practical stuff and the practice. Uh, which, by the way, whoever's up in the booth um, needs some prayer stuff type of music when we get to that point. But we're not ready yet. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Listen, I want to address something about the word judgment in Scripture. There's, a, there's a, an idea that judge not lest you be judged. We've heard, read that. Have you ever heard that? Has that ever been quoted at you when they found out you were a scripture, when you were a Christian? Ha! Judge not lest you be judged, right? Uh, let me help you how it works in the church world. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 12 says, It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. Did you catch that? It is not my responsibility, Paul says, to judge outsiders, un unbelievers. But it is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are what? Sinning. Now, Romans chapter 14 seemingly counters this. Let me help you. We're talking about praying for one another. Romans chapter 14, verse 12, says right out, each of you will give a personal account to God, so let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. Judgment and condemnation, two different things. You with me? <laughs> to judge within the body is to, hey, you shouldn't be posting that stuff. That really isn't becoming of a believer. To condemn is say, you know what? You're probably going to hell because you posted that. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know what you can do at this point, right? <laughs> See the difference? But it is our responsibility, church, it is our responsibility to love each other enough to say, hey, stop. That's hurting you and your witness. It is not your responsibility to condemn, but to judge one another is our responsibility to walk in. So how do we pray for one another? Let me help you with this. <laughs> it's not, Lord, help Victor stop doing these things. Because you know and I know that he is making mistakes day after day after day. Every time he's, you know, that's not it. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's, hey man, I've noticed that you've been struggling with this. I want to pray with you and stand with you for victory. Is that okay? And then we're praying, Lord, I pray you give Victor, victory right now. <laughs> Victor, victory. Uh, <laughs> you see the difference? Now, before we go into praying for one another, let me give you some practical tips. First of all, 
unless you're a married couple, it's a good idea to try to pray for someone of the same sex. With me? Now, all the high school students over there in the chapel building, if they were getting this teaching, they'd be like, doggone it. I'm trying to pray for my crush. Hey, I'm going to pray for you. You know, just, just try to, listen, try to stand. I used to do this with Kelly, try to stand next to her in the youth group prayer circle, and I'd just stand right. All right, hold hands. All right, I got it. I got you. Hey, right? <laughs> But that's, that's something we try to do here at the altar. Sometimes it's not possible. But use common sense. To that I say, breath mints. <laughs> Volume. Chill. I don't think any of us have that problem, but sometimes we like to be yelling at people. Pastor, you don't understand. I can't hear them when I'm standing up there, and that's fine. So if I'm praying for someone and I need them to hear me, I'll be on their side where their ear is. Now, unfortunately, or hopefully, they're not like have hearing in one side and not the other because if I'm on the wrong side, then I didn't hear anything you said. But Pentecostal people like to be loud. <laughs> we like to get excited. So if you're grabbing that one in Walmart and praying with them, we don't need revival in the cereal aisle. Don't be weird. It's enough for you to stand there in prayer and people will take notice. Wow, God's moving, right? Spiritual sense. Consider who you're praying for and who you're praying with. If you're praying someone for someone who is an unbeliever, don't use Christianese. Lord, I thank you for the propitiation of sins and the justification that this brother is going to have. Come on. Just talk to God. And you know, there's power in prayer between you and God, but there's also power in praying so they can understand. The scripture talks about praying in tongues, and Paul says, I'd rather you pray in a language that they can understand so it makes an impact on them as well. You with me? So when we pray, let's use common sense, like reading cues or body language, as opposed to pushing on them harder when they're clearly going, all right, this is not really what I'm interested in. Oh, yeah, this one's falling. I got him. And you're going all the way back to the back. I got him. You're going to go down eventually. Like, man, leave that poor man alone. He's, he's, he's walking back to his seat. Oh, I'm going to get him now, you know. <laughs> but in all seriousness, when you're praying for someone in your own personal life, be conscious of just normal human contact. Just because you're a Christian and you're praying and believing for something doesn't mean you throw off all of the normal social cues that you need to be aware of. Are you with me? That's why they think we're weird sometimes. It's like, I know, no. Well, can I pray for you? No, I'm good. Stay over there, right? Let's just be normal people but full of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Stand with me. We're going to put some music on. 
And then I want you to pray to the person immediately beside you. If you don't have someone, and most of you guys are sitting with a spouse, a friend, a loved one, I want you just to pray for them. A simple prayer of blessing. You don't have to, it's not intercession. It's a prayer of blessing. And then we're going to do another practice, okay? So go ahead and take a couple of minutes and pray a prayer of blessing over the person to your right or to your left. You guys match up, yep. Match up and then go ahead and pray. All right. Now what I'd like to do is for us to all exercise this activity of prayer and I'm just going to go around the room if you have a need that you would just like to you don't have to give detail uh, but if you have a need in the room and you, you'd like prayer I'm going to start over here on this side anybody have a need over here that you'd like somebody to pray right back here what do you what do you want us to pray about hmm get a few people around her to pray cancer diagnosis we're gonna pray for healing you ready amen come on let's gather in we got a few people that are close by not everybody just a few people close by lay hands lay hands on our sister there lord in the name of jesus come on everybody pray with me in the name of jesus we believe in the power of healing and we ask you right now to intervene i pray god that you know the outcome you know the prognosis you know you know where the cancer is and, and, and what the stage is. And Lord, we just declare and speak life over her body. God, that you would dissolve these cancer cells one by one. We speak against this sickness in the name of Jesus. And Lord, that you would purify and cleanse every area of her body. Lord, we give it to you. We lay it at your feet. We know, God, that this is something that is easy for you to do, and we declare healing in Jesus' name. While we're praying for cancer, anyone else in the room have cancer that they want prayer for? Put your hand up real high. Cancer diagnosis, anybody else? Right here. So let's gather around Karen right here. Anybody else? Anybody over here? Cancer? Come on. That's a scary word, and in Jesus' name, we declare that healing is taking place. Right now in the house of God, as we pray for one another and bear one another's burdens, we give you these diagnoses, Lord, these diseases of cancer. In Jesus' name, Lord, we just stand upon your word that says that by your stripes we find healing. You suffered for us to be able to be made whole. And God, we stand on that, that you are the healer. You are the bread of life, Lord. You have created us from the inside out, and you know how our bodies work. And I pray in Jesus' name, supernatural wave of healing and a supernatural wave of health in this room tonight. Lord, for these two that have responded in prayer for healing, we thank you that the next test... Hmm. We thank you that the next test will show a difference. That the doctors will be amazed. And in Jesus' name, another testimony of your healing touch. The next test. In Jesus' name. Let me encourage both of you ladies. I had a lady who came to Kelly on Sunday. And she had cancer everywhere and then went back to the follow-up and it was gone. 
God can and he will. Amen? Let's trust him for it. Amen. Let's go to this section. What, what uh, do we have a need that you'd like for us to pray about tonight? Right here in this section. Yes, dude, what? Uh, I've been estranged from my youngest, uh, and he has been estranged from his brother for mm. probably about 12 years. What is his name? Jacob. Jacob. Let's, let's gather around Stu here. up to you we thank you that Stu's heart is being stirred Lord that that he has this desire to reconnect to Jacob and I pray right now that walls would fall uh, in the spirit that would open up this relationship and this conversation to be had I pray that you would do whatever you need to do God that you would open up this door in the name of Jesus Lord bring Jacob into a place where he has a desire to talk to dad again, to have that relationship again. Lord, take away any bitterness and any anger and any resentment and any, anything, God, that may be bringing this divide. In the, in the name of Jesus, we know, and know, we know that we know that you are the restorer of relationships. And God, this is, this is something you can do in a moment. So wherever he may be, I pray, God, that you would bring him back. For Stu, for his brother, in Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Stu, I talked to a lady today. She hasn't talked to her daughter in years and years and years. And she told me that over the past month, she's talked to her every single day. God restored it. So he can and he will. Amen. The power of testimony, too. What about right here? Anybody else? Who am I missing? Somebody back here? Walker? What's her name? What's her name? Tara. Taryn. Mm. Come on, let's just pray on your own for that right now. Walker feels there's a generational curse. Taryn has lost two pregnancies, but this is the third. So pray on your own right now. Gather around them if you haven't already. God, we recognize that all life is precious to you. We know that these two that were lost, God, that they were created in your image and are with you now. We declare life over this third. We declare life over Taryn. We, we break in the spirit realm any curse, any plan that the enemy may have. It's canceled by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. That the devil, you cannot stand when God moves. And so in Jesus' name, we pray that this would come to full term, completely healthy. That today is the day that things turn. That there would be an expectancy of complete health, of complete healing, of complete wholeness. And God, that you would show yourself real to Taryn in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And Lord, we will celebrate and testify of your goodness when it comes to pass. Hallelujah. Mm. Amen. Amen. What about this section? Kathy for gallstones. Donna?
I was going to ask you, how do you want us to pray? We're praying for his soul. What is his name? Robbie. We're praying for Robbie's salvation. Have some people stand back there next to Donna. I need some people to stand right here with Kathy as the Lord's going to dissolve those gallstones in Jesus' name. Lord, right now, first of all, uh, we address this healing for the gallbladder right now with Kathy, God, that you would just remove these stones, remove this pain in the name of Jesus. Kathy, just go ahead and put your hand where it hurts right now. Kelly, lay hands on her. God, right now, while we're praying... May the warmth and the power of the Holy Spirit flow into her body. May she notice a difference even now. And God, by the time she gets in the car to go home, that she would know that she knows that you've done your work, that you've healed her body, that these gallstones are removed. Lord, I pray you'd break them up and completely dissolve them in Jesus' name and take away any pain and any discomfort in Kathy's body. Raise her up, make her whole, and make her ready for what you're calling her to do. Lord, for Donna's brother right now, we pray for his soul. His body is racked with disease because of what he's put it through. But right now, we take eternity in mind. We ask you, Lord, for Ravi, that you would open his heart, open his mind, open his eyes to you. I know that your heart, God, is to sometimes allow people to get into a situation and into a place where the only place they can turn is you. And so, God, I pray that today is the day that his, his eyes are lifted to heaven and that he acknowledges you as not only real, but his Lord and Savior. Lord, may there be a testimony phone call in the next few days that Donna learns that something in his spirit has changed, that he has humbled himself before the cross and received the salvation of the Lord. Confirm it in Jesus' name. And God, touch his body as well. Bring wholeness to him. And we give it to you, God, in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Anybody over here in this last section? Small section, anybody? Leonard, you're not in that section. <laughs> you're going to wander over into that section. <laughs> Praying for your eyes to be restored? Yeah. Nothing over here, right? Got one? Katrina? Your dad? What is his name? Ward. So have some people go around Katrina there, and then Leonard's right here. We're going to pray for his vision to be restored. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray. This is easy for you. <laughs> Lord, I, we've prayed for healing for these eyes before, but right now, God, I, I really just ask you to rebuild. Not just heal, not just take away the cataracts and the, and the blurriness and everything, but, but God, rebuild. Lord, I pray that the eyes of an 18-year-old would be installed supernaturally. <laughs> Into Leonard's, into Leonard's body right now. That as he rests tonight, Lord, he goes home unable to see when he lays his head on the pillow, but he awakes with a change. Huh. What a testimony that will be, God. You can do it. It's easy for you. Right now, we believe by faith as a congregation in this room that you can heal this man who is almost blind, and give him sight. Give him sight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, for Katrina's father. Lord, I pray you would penetrate that stony heart. 
because I, I believe that's the issue here, God, that you would just break down, break down the internal arguments against you. May his mind begin to be transformed from where it is to becoming the mind of Christ. May you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, even now, discomfort him, stir him. May the questions arise, but may they point to you as the answer. That even now, wherever he is, that he would sense something stirring within. Lord, I pray, I pray you bring it about and bring wholeness and healing and salvation within him in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Katrina, I feel like it's my responsibility just to say it. It's God's to do it. I, I feel like in 90 days you'll testify his, he's become a believer upon the Lord. I believe that. Believe that. So let's pray. Let's believe on that. Amen. Don't forget to tell me so I can tell everybody. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this precious opportunity that we've had to pray together. Man, what a great time we've had in your presence. And now, God, help us to move in this. May it be our practice to love one another, to share one another's burdens. The needs that were brought forth tonight, may we not forget those. But may we carry those together and pray for those on the daily. 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., bring them to our mind, Holy Spirit, so we can bring them to you. In Jesus' name, amen.